Okay, recorders on. Take one. Go for it. This is Myron Wallach, a.k.a. the Jackhammer, and you are listening to Room Room Veer with Jack Smith. Jeff Smith. So sorry. You're good. For my view, you can reinvent yourself at any age like me. Perfect. I love it. And you know what? I think I want to be Jack now because it's Jack sounds cooler than Jeff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Hold on. I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Nicholas Jordan Moore, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for getting up so early. It is going fantastic, Jeff. Thanks for having me. So you are uh, in Hawaii. Congratulations. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I've been on the big island of Hawaii for about three years, but today awesome. I'm moving to Oahu. Good so, for you. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah, the Hawaiian rat race. You'll love it. <laughs> spreading <laughs> no, my wings great. to reach. <laughs> I'm excited. Big city, spreading my wings, reaching more people. And there you go. Yeah. So you uh you got a new website, vulnerabilitybook.com. So talk a little bit about uh the book. Who am I and and the website and the free free stuff and anything you want to talk about? Sure, for the Jeff. Book. Yeah. yeah. So the website will give you the first free chapter of my book. My book is titled Who Am I? Vulnerability equals power ability. And Jeff, the purpose behind me writing my memoir um, was to help people feel more comfortable in their own skin. We're all human. We all do terrible things sometimes. We all hurt people sometimes. We're all weird in our own ways. And the sad part is, is a lot of us feel like we're alone or people won't understand us or people will never get that or they, they'll just shame me or guilt me. They won't understand about this terrible thing that I did when I was young. Mm. But the thing that we don't realize is that we're all human and we're all do these things and we're way less alone than we actually think. Way um, less. Yes. I have a family story that needs to be told. So there's, there's a, there's more to my book than, than just that simple little concept. You know, I really am trying to help people forgive themselves, um, find more compassion and love for themselves because the more forgiveness, compassion, and love that we have for ourselves, the more forgiveness, compassion, and love that we're going to have for everybody that we come in contact with throughout our lives. And I really believe that uh, the more open and honest we can be, the more we can realize that we're not alone and that it's okay to not be okay. I know that's a big <laughs> thing going around these days, but it, it's so yeah. true. You know, we're, we're all <clears throat> right. going through it. It's a very confusing human experience. And I think if I can I, help yeah, people I went through that too, so I, I can relate. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that, that's in it. And a gist, uh, again, I have a very fa heavy family story that intertwines with it all. And right. It's, and it's my journey of self-discovery. 
Um, and there's also self-reflection questions at the end of each chapter. So it is interactive. Um, I'll ask the reader to reflect on their own lives after I tell part of my vulnerable story. Right. Um, just to get back in it, you know, self-reflection is incredibly powerful in the way that we can grow and learn and evolve as a species is to be open and honest about these things and not, not hide. Yeah. That's basically part of the mission of this show. So I can, mm. I could tell like all kinds of stories too, but let's not do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put pins in this as I, so I like to do, um, basically, you know, whenever there's a tangent, you should just grab it because my brain is like that. Like if I let it go, <laughs> I won't get it back. So I'll take notes, but before we get into like sharing like notes on like this weird thing that we call being human, let's, uh, mm -hmm. let's go back in time and get some of that, that family story that you were talking about sure. because it is super vulnerable. You go all the way back to mm -hmm. high school, you talk about your dad and growing up in Texas and football culture, it was. A, I've read like a lot, um, but not all of it. So I don't remember where I got, but I think it was about where um, you had the the new girlfriend, and things shit was about to go down. And then I got really busy. I was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing it's it's right after right after I got out of college. I'm guessing maybe uh, the girlfriend. Bay. Yeah, uh, maybe. I, I, sorry, I don't remember, but that's okay. It's all that's right. why you're here. Yeah, that's why I'm <laughs> we here. Can, we can get, we can get the highlights. And I, so like, I, I love it when you, you send me the book, but there's, there's this uh, voice as I'm reading. I'm like, don't read too many spoilers. <laughs> Cause I like being surprised in the conversation. So, um, right. yeah. And it, it makes like, I know a lot more about you than most guests right now. <laughs> Cause I right. couldn't stop reading. <laughs> So thanks for the free book. It was awesome. Thank you. Uh, it was a nice review copy. And uh, <laughs> uh, I enjoyed what I got through. And I, I intend to finish it. So um, there's that. So, but well, let's, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, let's get into, like, you grew up in Texas. So let's get to just say high school and talk a little bit about your family life in high school. And, you know, you don't have to get super down in the sure. weeds, but let's go over some highlights. Sure, Jeff. Yeah. So I grew up in a very patriarchal household, which as many of us did, especially in the South, um, racism was also something that sure. was a normalcy uh, okay. where I was from. Gotcha. Um, I mean, I had black friends and I played football with black friends, but mm. there was just this, you know, underlying, you know, understanding that, you know, they're different and mm. they, you know, just these negative Sure. Um, context of of what that meant, um, but these things were taught to me as a child, right. and it's part of the culture. You know, you grow up; yeah. it, it is part of the culture. And as far as being a man, especially in the South, and what I learned from my household is that the way that you show that you're a man is that first of all, it's physical dominance, like showing that you're not afraid of anything, getting in fights, right? Um, proving your dominance over women. Wow. Um, which is something that, you know, I've learned um, the hard way and in a lot of ways that, you know, just how important it is to respect the divine feminine and, and the feminine in all the ways. Right. Um, and then it's also, all right, how else do you be, to show that you're a man? You go out and make a lot of money in the world. Right. So you make money, you prove that you're not scared, you get into fights. Mm. Um, wow. 
and you prove your dominance over women. And seeing this in my own household, I, I guess, inherited some of these traits where sure. you know, I grew up thinking I was a good kid, you know, thinking that yeah. I would never do some of the terrible things that I did growing up. Um, and when your dad has this trait, and I didn't really see it as I was growing up. I didn't know how bad it actually was um, until I was much older and uh, something happened. But it was a game changer once it actually did. So I'm just going to go ahead and yeah, go for speak it. to this. Um, the event. About nine, about nine years ago, Jeff, uh, I ended up calling CPS uh, on my dad because Child I believe he had services. molested. Right. Yes, because I believe he had molested my niece. Um, wow. And I also believe it happened to my sister uh, all throughout her childhood. And, um, and this really blew my life up. Like, you know, my brother wouldn't believe it. My, none of my family would believe, even though that there were tons of warning signs and little hints throughout our life, but nobody wanted to admit it. You know, when Mm. it's something that heavy, that really shatters your idea of your life, because when this happened, my entire life felt like a lie. And I had to really start yeah. evaluating everything and really start reflecting on my entire life and everything that I had done. Mm. Wow. And when I, so I read a book, this was before I found out about my family, but I read a book by Brene Brown called Daring Greatly. Okay. And she studied shame and vulnerability for 10, for 10 years before she wrote the book. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. this gave me the understanding that, okay, vulnerability isn't as it seems. If we envision ourselves, like Jeff, if you were to envision yourself telling, like getting up on stage and telling all your friends and family and everyone that you know, that the first time that you had sex, you, you somewhat raped your girlfriend. Um, I mean, the amount of shame and guilt and fear that just runs through your body, you're like, oh my God, nobody would ever understand that. Like, they're going right. to hate me. They're going to shame me. My life will be over. Right, right, right. Or I'll be in jail or I'll be shunned and sent to an island. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. It's like, I, my yeah. life would be over if everyone knew X. Right. Yeah. And this was something... I think we all and, have uh, many of those, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I'm speaking to this story because that's exactly what happened when I was 16. I mean, you'll read exactly how it happened. I know that you've read exactly how it happened. It was. I don't think I got that far yet, but I I had listened to other podcasts and I kind of got the gist. So, yeah. Yeah. If you want to get into it, feel free. But yeah, it was just something that I held a lot of shame and guilt about for a long time. Yeah. And I didn't want anyone to ever know that. You know, I kept that in and no one would ever know about that. Mm. Like my girlfriend at the time, she never told anyone. Wow. Um, yeah, she was ashamed so me, too, probably, right? Yeah, exactly. It was right. a it was a thing that we both felt bad about, and you know, I felt extreme guilt and shame about. Mm. But w- it's funny because when you think about you, Jeff, saying that you're like nobody's going to understand, but if you see someone else do it, yeah, when somebody else like does when it, you you're get like, on oh a my podcast God. and say, "I did this." Right, and I told everyone. (laughs) Then, then it gives everyone else to permit permission to go. Wow, right? Said that on a podcast. (laughs) 
(laughs) I've been through that. I've been through that on the other side. So I can tell Mm. that story later. So it comes off as courageous. You know, you you see somebody else up on stage talking about all these terrible things that they've done. Like, man, that guy has a lot of courage or that girl has a lot of. Right. No, that takes a lot. Check out the balls on that guy. (laughs) But for (laughs) whatever reason. Not only to say it, like not, it would be one thing to say it to a therapist, but to go on a podcast or God forbid, write a book book. about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Balls of steel. Nick. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's this true. It's but when you really flip that switch in your head that you like you really get a deep understanding and you I don't think you can get a deep understanding of how vulnerability works unless you actually test it for yourself because that's how a lot of things in life work. Like right. the concepts are great. Like you understand the concept of vulnerability that okay, if right. I if I open up and share these heavy things, it's going to help other people feel more comfortable they'll be able to open up to me about things. But for whatever reason, when we, when we think about putting it into practice, there's so much fear that comes up that people are not going to understand. They're going to hate me. Mm. But for whatever reason, other people do it. Great. I can't do it though. They're not going to understand if it's me. Right. And I'm here to be living proof and to really show you that. I mean, Jeff, I write about all sorts of things in my book that no one would ever know. Right. Like literally not a soul on earth there. There, only had, you. there wasn't even <laughs> right. only me. Right. And I write about these things that you would be so embarrassed for anyone to know. Right. And I, we're all human. We all have it. Um, Everybody's doing so, it. <laughs> Everybody's right. doing that. Yes. And the only thing that are, they're not doing is writing books and being on podcasts. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and not everybody has to write a book about all right, the terrible right. things they've done and opening up, but yeah. My story should, is meant to be uh, told. Maybe, maybe yeah. They should, and even if you don't publish the book, right? Right. Do it for Writing yourself. It out. Yes. Exactly. And share Get it with somebody like you. you love that you know you yeah. can trust. Right. Exactly. Right. And it builds a deeper relationship. That person that you open up to is going to feel more comfortable opening up to you about things in their past. Like I have had friends from high school open up to me about things that I never have known we've been friends our entire lives pretty Mm. much and until they read my book or until they really heard me talk about some of the things in my book they felt comfortable enough to open up to me about things that they i mean really heavy things that happened Mm. when they were a child or things that they did when they were a child and the weight that's lifted off just telling a friend just having at least one person that you can open up to it allows more healing to to come in Mm. and jeff i'm a big believer that if you do let's say you know that happened when i was 16 and i never told a soul i just shoved it down just kept shoving it down and never Mm. let it never let it out never told anybody about it right i believe that that will come back it in keeps coming some back. way, shape yes. or form. Yeah. Yeah. That what, what you're talking about, what is, I don't, so they, there's all these different terms, right? But like all mm. of your secrets to me, like if you bury those secrets, they become mm. part of that shadow self that we try to deny. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I've had, I've got a big list of shadow self stuff. <laughs> Everyone does, right? We Everybody all do. has we a big do. list. So yep. I remember towards the beginning of, I th- 
think it was this podcast or a different podcast, I was at that time being on other podcasts, right? Mm. And mm. this woman um, was sharing some deep stuff, right? And I sort of casually mentioned on her show, by the way, um, oh, by the way, you know, I went through several depression and suicide attempts, right? Mm. Just trying mm. to be open and honest. I was okay with it, right? I had, mm. it, this was back in the 90s the, and when I was in Hawaii. So if you ever, mm. ever want to get depressed and suicidal, do it in Hawaii. It's, <laughs> it's a beautiful place. <laughs> it's very healing and family members just pop up because it's such a great place to visit. So it, mm. I think God was looking out for me when I was depressed and suicidal. Because hmm. everybody from like cousins and uncles, mom, dad, best friend from high school, they all showed up and they looked at me hmm. like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. So I, <laughs> I was in that zone, right? But they knew, oh, they knew, <laughs> but they weren't saying anything either. So, but anyway, back to this podcast that I was on, right? So I go through the whole thing about the suicide attempts and, you know, no dose mm -hmm. and rat poison and getting up and going to work. And so I just think it's like a part of the show. And then she mm -hmm. kind of makes it the headline. And I'm like, mm. ooh, okay. <laughs> That's on my Facebook page. <laughs> so I, vulnerability. <laughs> I inadvertently let everyone in my family and everybody else mm know that in the 90s, uh, I, I, you know, was depressed and had suicide attempts. And, I, you know, oh, oh, God, everybody from my dad, my mom, auntie, right, friends, they're like, are you mm. okay? And I'm like, mm. I'm okay now. I wasn't then, <laughs> right? Mm. <laughs> and, you know, it was great. It, um, that was kind of like the surprise. Like, it's like, had I ever shared that before? Like, I don't know if anybody, it's like, I wish it would have been more intentional. That was kind of an accidental mm. share. I wasn't ready for the, the blowback. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you were like, I'm intentionally doing this. I yep. know what's going to happen. Yeah. So if you're going to do this, this vulnerability sharing thing, make a plan. That would be, yeah. But anyway, let's, let's get back to your story. I, man, I, well, I appreciate you sharing your part of your story. You know, that's uh, a vulnerable thing to be open about. And it is it's so many of us, so many of us, you know, go through those states. And I was incredibly depressed. I was suicidal, mm. you know, after all this um, stuff with my dad. Depression you know, I, is weird. We could talk is. for a whole hour just about what depression yeah. feels like. <laughs> you, yeah. I, I remember yeah. like walking around looking at people going, what's wrong with me? What, mm -hmm. You know, they're just like having a day, they're going to work and mm -hmm. I can't think of anything but like sitting down and crying. What, there's something mm -hmm. wrong with my brain right now. Mm -hmm. I had this little voice. I don't know about you, but I would um, take breaks from depression. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if this is like a universal thing or there, I know there's different kinds of depression, but like if I would go hang out with friends and watch a movie or whatever, I would just mm -hmm. say, during this time, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Soon as I was alone again, I'm crying and, you know, mm -hmm. sad and like depressed again. Right. But I was taking breaks that made it survivable, I think. And I think uh, something that 
made it all survivable for me is that I was constantly staying busy. So I mm, was very, yeah. very rarely alone. Um, that works. So, yeah. So I was working all the time. I was a high school geometry teacher and a football coach during that ah. year. So I was, I was working about you know, 70 hours a week and wow. yeah. my, I was living with my sister and a friend. So I would come home. There's always stuff going on. So I was just keeping myself preoccupied, but underneath it all, I mean, I was really just, I was upset with God. Like, why would a good God allow such right. terrible things to exist? Like, yes, yeah, I've done messed up things, um, but I still felt like I was a good person. And why would, you know, not that it was about me, about what my dad did or everything, but it just felt like, okay, I'm trying to do the right thing and life just keeps getting worse. Like, what is happening? Why is this happening? Mm. And, you know, that year um i don't know if you got to this part in the book or you you heard this on a podcast but uh i was looking for answers and if you are suicidal um again you know there's lots of try a therapist try you know all the other routes that you can but if you're at your wits end psychedelics can be something that can really Okay. help open you up and to, I mean, I'm just saying if it's the very last thing, cause I was, I was ready to die. I was looking in the mirror more suicidal than I'd ever thought. Mm. Wow. And I ended up learning how to extract DMT, which is the active ingredient in ayahuasca. Right. Um, and you can smoke it. And when you do, if you do enough, um, I completely left my body, um, and I went in with a lot of questions for God, like pissed off at God, like why, why, why? Been there, done that. Yep. And <laughs> I came back. I had absolute certainty that, okay, my dad has to be him for me to be me. We have to wow. have the darkness to have the light. Right. I didn't wow. know that I was going to be sharing my, like have all this poetry to share with people. I didn't know that I was going to have this book to share with people. Um. But I have a, can I share a 45 second poem, Jeff? Because of course. we're talking about being broken. And, share as many poems you know, as you like, Nick. <laughs> all right. You guys <laughs> we're, ready? We're poem friendly. All right. I like it. Lay down your armor and pick up your heart. Your dreams are waiting as you painfully fall apart. And when the last piece falls and your heart is wide open, you'll understand it all and give thanks for being broken. So Jeff, you know, as you know, that, that poem is about my entire life falling apart. Um, and I didn't, you know, when you're in the midst of it, you cannot understand like why, like why do I feel so terrible? Why am I so depressed? Why is life just so bleak and terrible? Like mm. just like you were when you when you're going through that yeah. stage. And and Jeff, my belief and my understanding and my experience has led me to every time you go through one of those downs, which life is all about ups and downs, it never stops. Right. But every time you go through one of those downs and you make it through, you're going to come out the other side with more empathy, 
more compassion, more understanding to everyone else that you may come in contact in the world because mm. you can't truly understand depression unless you've been through it yourself. And right. when now you, know, you seem like you're in a good place, you're healthy, and if somebody comes to you with depression or whatever they may be going through, you have the empathy and you have the mm. compassion because you have experienced that, you have lived it, and you've mm. made it through. Unfortunately, and you know that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> know sure. that it's a fortunate right. and for it is. It's you know? both. You're right. It it makes us better. It's actually you know, a Bruce superpower thing. now that I think about it because a hundred percent. When people talk about suicide and depression without the experience, they don't. They're kind of walking on eggshells. Where when right. you've been in it, it's a different story. Right. So mm -hmm. like if somebody mm -hmm. came up to me and said I was depressed and I was suicidal, I'd raise my hand and go, me too. Right. So um, I think as soon as the other person that's still in the depression says, mm -hmm. you say me too. Right. Their, mm -hmm. their, their walls are going to go, okay, can I talk mm -hmm. to you about that? <laughs> mm -hmm. Cause it seems like you're okay now. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes those, you know, I really think it's important that, you know, if someone is opening up to you about how they're depressed or whatever might be going on, mm. first and foremost, don't try to jump straight to advice on telling what people they oh, need no. to do or what, oh, what's no. going to help or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. just, they just need someone to, to listen, listen to them yeah, and just maybe, you know, give them a hug mm -hmm. and just be compassionate and totally. not have any judgment at all and just try to be right. completely open and understanding. And that's not a, a so guys like to jump right to, Oh, this is what you right. need to do. Right. <laughs> we want to fix it. <laughs> fix it. Exactly. That's what guys yep. want to do. They just fix it. Yep. Like, oh, that's a problem. We can fix it. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, you, know, you just, just have to listen. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that whole listening as a superpower is when you start doing it in, in a, in a, in a, I guess a heartfelt way, you know, if your heart is aligned and you're in that, your personal state is ready. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. that's a really huge superpower. Just listening without judgment is huge. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. And I can tell that you, know, you, you, you've been through enough to, to know how important that is. So I appreciate your your compassion, openness, and empathy. Hey, I try. <laughs> I try. We're all in it together. We've been through we're some shit. We're all trying. That's we're all right. we're all doing our best. You and know, that, I, you kind of learn these things, right? Like when I yeah. went through my depression and suicide attempts, um, and I come out the other side years later, right? Um, after mm -hmm. no professional therapy, by the way, just kind of like muddling mm. through and getting in trouble again. Um, mm -hmm. But you kind like, I think when I was in depression, I thought there was, remember when in, you're in high school, maybe you do, maybe you don't, when they would say, this, I just want you to know this is going down on your permanent record. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like God is up there in the high school principal's office and it's got <laughs> like a check checklist with Nick Moore and Jeff Smith. Right. And it's like, Oh yeah, well depression. Uh, right. And all the shit you've done. And if you get so many X's, they're just going to throw you away. 
Mm. There's this that's that is a notion that I don't know where that comes from, but it it seems true. That's cancel culture, and now, yeah, now exactly, turned right? Into, turned into <laughs> We're throwing cultures. you away, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. So yes, yeah. uh, there's another thing that I took out of that was that there is a level of absurdity, especially to um, you know Western society that is paradoxical and absurd. Mm. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> All of your crying and suicide attempts is not going to change that. So you just right. kind of have to accept that too, right? I was like, I remember crying in, in my bedroom saying, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> you know, talking uh, about the yep. world, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what is the point? What, what is, is the, the point, point of, just, of this fucking stupid shit why that we're did doing? God just put us down here to kick us in the nuts <laughs> over and over again. Like, this is pointless. Amen. <laughs> what, why did you Been do this? Then they're done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, I, I want to pick at a little bit like that yeah. experience. That, mm -hmm. So, so what, what sort of lessons did you take away and what was that experience like? Cause I've had similar experiences without the, uh, DMT. I've never done mm -hmm. any psychedelic. Done a lot of meditation. Meditation's great. And yeah. breath work. Like, breath work, yeah. You can reach, Holotropic. You can reach yeah. these. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, you can reach these really high levels of psychedelic experiences without, without actually right. taking psychedelics. You can, Correct. with intense breath work, you can, I mean, that that's ultimately the, the strongest thing that we have is the use of the breath. Mm. Now, can I say that I've actually left my body using my breath? No, um, mm. but I've had some psychedelic experiences with breath work. Um, I For have. Sure. It's made me just bring up so much emotion, just be crying, um, and it's interesting. You don't really know what's going to come up, but it's just bringing up so much emotion as you just are huffing and puffing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Breathing is amazing. Yeah. So like I, I just mentioned this on another show, but like, I don't know if, have you ever smoked cannabis? Are you a fan? I'm only just yes. getting back into it now, mm -hmm. but I did, um, a bunch of, uh, have you ever heard of Tantra? Yes. So Tantra, to me, you can say what you want about Tantra, but to me, it's like seeking connection to the divine mm. through like stimulating sexual experiences. Let's go with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, That's I a did, great definition. There. Yeah, yeah. So there's this uh, uh, service in LA where you can get what they call tantric massage. Mm. And while you're getting that massage, they're having you do deep breathing. Right. Mm. And, and eh, oh my God, <laughs> that's really what I, when I learned like the power of that breath, because mm. it's like the more you breathe and, and the more you focus on that breath, the more, I don't know how to say it. It's going to deepen the experience. How's that sound? Psychedelic. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. It, I it, left it my body. Yes. Yep. It, during some of those sessions. So yeah, that's when you get to that, like, I don't know how many times I want to knock on that door. Because, like, what <laughs> I learned is, like, you're okay. Everything's all right. Get back to work. You work here. <laughs> <laughs> 
check in on a regular basis, but you're all right, you know? Um, yep. Yeah. So anyway, let's, let's keep going with your story. Yeah, well, a big aha, you know, other than, you know, coming back and realizing, okay, my dad has to be him for me to be me. Yes. The darkness comes from the light. Right. We have to have the dark to have the light. It's the same is coin. Knowing that, it's different side, yeah, basically. It, it, exactly. Dark, right. It's, it's only one that thing. Can help. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and just because I had that awakening experience didn't mean that, you know, life isn't going to continue with the ups and downs. The no. ups and downs will continue to happen. Right. And it's just an opening of a door and it, and mm-hmm. you have to go through. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's a beginning. That's a, that exactly. event is a it, beginning and it's, you, the process is going to start there, not end there. I think people miss and that. And it can really change your perception totally. and perspective. So <laughs> yeah. Now that I have this deep understanding, let's say I, you know, after I came out of that first DMT experience is that, okay, not only do I understand that, you know, the darkness has to be here, but I also have a deep understanding that everything is absolutely perfect all the time. Totally. Like it always has been, right. it always will be. Right. These little things that you can remind yourself of on a daily basis when things aren't going well, when when something doesn't go as planned, when a friend does something that, you know, feels bad for you. If you can just continue to go back to these little reminders that everything's perfect, it's all okay, this is working out for the best. I mean, even when it feels like it doesn't feel true at first, you know, I'm a big believer in faking it till you make it. Right. It's difficult. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's like the the self-love thing. Oh my I'm goodness. a big believer yes. in self-love. We self can talk love. about that. There, yeah, yeah. There are over a thousand videos of me on social media going into the mirror and pressing record wow. and telling myself how beautiful I am, how much I love myself. I mean, I'll do it in all sorts of goofy mm. accents. I'll, I'll do it like a flamboyant <laughs> gay guy or like a girl. I mean, that's one of my favorites. I'm, the flamboyant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, so fun. <laughs> We're all goofy. We, yes. we all have a goofy side of us. Right. And so many of us are taught that, okay, after I get out of childhood, I'm not supposed to be goofy anymore. I'm not supposed to let ah. that side of me be seen. I need to be this serious adult. Right, right. And man, the more serious you are with yourself in the mirror or the more hard you are on yourself, the more serious you're going to be with everybody else you come in contact with, the more hard on other people. And people feel that. Mm-hmm. I'm over the past, you know, five or six years, I've been told by so many people, like the impact that I have on them, just being around them, because I'm an incredibly positive person. And I'm always looking at the bright side. And that doesn't mean that crap has, doesn't still happen and that I don't still have stress and that, you know, emotions yeah. of all sorts don't come up. Right. But it's these little small reminders that if you can just keep staying positive in your own mind, the voice in your head can literally be trained. It's not something that just Mm. happens overnight, but little by little, if you just keep on training that voice in the head, that is just, it should be your biggest cheerleader. Imagine that you just got a little guy or a little girl in your head that is just cheering you on and just believes in you a hundred percent. Try to bring that voice out, that little cheerleader. Try to bring it out more and more. And Mm -hmm. it may not feel like you at first. It might feel like you're faking it. That's okay. Yeah. Just 
keep on getting that voice to get stronger and stronger every day until it becomes a normalcy. Mm. And then you'll really start to feel that and you're going to start impacting other people in that positive way as well. One of the things that I think I, like a turning point for me, and I think it, I, I read it in a book and didn't believe it, <laughs> like what you just said. Like, uh, <laughs> I, Have you ever read any of the Eckhart Tolle stuff? Oh, yeah. He's so, spot on. With yeah, it. yeah. So I think I was reading either one of the two books that was really huge back in the day, like Power of Now mm-hmm. or New Earth, one of those two. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how he was mad at himself. He's like, I can't stand myself. <laughs> and, and then he had yep. this epiphany about like, who's the self that's hating the other self? There can't the be two of me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we all have these voices in our head, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I, I was struggling with that. Like my, my analytical, you know, uh, brain was going, uh, wait, what? You know, I was just super mm-hmm. confused. Mm-hmm. And as I sat with that, you know, and just kind of let it percolate, right? I was like, so all of these things about like, okay, we're all just kind of one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And if I hate me, then that means like the universe hates me. Right. And I know that's not true Mm -hmm. because I've been reading all these books that says the universe is just love. Right. Mm -hmm. And or Mm -hmm. consciousness or conscious love or consciousnessly loving or whatever. But the universe can't (laughs) hate me. (laughs) That's impossible. So if any of this shit makes sense, I have to assume the universe is on my side. Mm-hmm. That was like a bedrock aha for me. It was like, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I can't believe one without another, right? If, yep. So if you're talking about oneness all the time and you're beating yourself up, you better take a step, step back. Now, there's nothing wrong with self-criticism when you're trying to make yourself better with love. Right. Yep. You don't want to be Pollyanna and just go, well, whatever happens, it's okay. No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no. No. And but. you know, I'm a perfectionist. Uh that's yes. something that I try to try to get better about. But right. you know, when you're publishing a book and you're self-publishing, you know, perfectionism can be a good thing. But my book still isn't perfect. It'll if you are focused that things have to absolutely be perfect, you're not gonna really get too far. But Knowing that I'm perfectly imperfect. Perfectly imperfect. Yes. Yeah. Like that I heard Brene Brown talk about that. Like that whole addiction to perfection. Mm -hmm. So I think what you wanna just a piece of advice. You don't have to take it. (laughs) This is coming from Brene, not Jeff. What her (laughs) suggestion was was she has a commitment to excellence for her Mm. work. And that's what you have, mm. right? So it's mm-hmm. not going to be perfect because humans aren't perfect, right? Math is perfect. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It, it definitely is. But that's it's very like abstract, <laughs> right? But it's yeah. always perfect, right? There's always an answer, yep. right? That's why mm-hmm. it, if you're seeking profession, perfection, just do some math, but you have to accept. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So let's talk about like how you let go of the opinions of others, because I think this is a big thing for me. Uh, it always has been like, just oh, what will they think? You know, and I, I'll tell myself, I don't care, 
but I think we all care, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. it's like an almost a daily practice of reminding yourself that like all those people that don't know me don't care about me, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it is the most incredibly freeing thing when you're able to truly let go of what other people are thinking about you. Now, I, I can't be, uh, you know, I can't tell you that I don't care about what people think about my book. Like my book, it's been six years in the work. This has been my life mission in my life work to put, to bring this book to life. And there's, you know, the ego part of me wants everyone to love it. You know, I want it, I want it to help everyone. Of course. And that's just simply not how life works. There are always going to be haters. There's going to be people that don't understand. Mm. Um, so, yeah. It, the hardest opinion, opinion to let go of typically is your parents. Um, that's if you had a, a decent relationship with your parents right? Um, or your family members or your high school friends, whatever. These people have you in a box. They they say, mm-hmm. okay, this is Nick. This is who he is. And for me, it's like, all right, Nick is this football player. He's a meathead. He's he's tough. <laughs> he's, Jim a, he's a smart guy. Right. But, uh, you know, this is the box that I have him in. Um, and once I was able to, and life forced me into this, you know, it forced me into not giving a damn what my parents thought because mm. of what I, I learned or what, what that I found or, you know, my experience. Right. But if you can let go of that, it is the most freeing thing because you can truly find out who you are. You really don't know deep down what you're capable of unless you don't care about what other people think. And when you do stop caring about what other people think, like really, really, truly stop caring. Mm. Oh my God, the amount of acceptance and love and all the all the things that you've been wanting that you thought that you had to put on this mask for. You thought you, you had to be this certain type of person or you can't let these sides be seen mm. because we all want love. We all want acceptance. That's what we all crave and that's what we all need and want. But the way to gain more of that is to push through the uncomfortability of letting yourself be seen, taking that mask off and be like, Hey, this is all of me. This I'm a goofy dude. I, you know, like X, Y, and Z. And this is, you know, whatever it may be, whatever you're hiding is ultimately a lot of your most power. Like there's somebody out there looking for the kind of weird that you have, (laughs) the part, the part of you that you're not letting be seen. Right. Somebody else is looking for that. Like somebody else loves that. Yeah. So you're really blocking yourself from a deeper human experience because whatever it is that you think people won't understand, I promise there, there's a group of people that is waiting for you to, to come out in the open and be yourself. Yeah, um, and show, show out. Yep. There's a so Jim Carrey is one of my all time oh favorite actors. Oh my goodness, and that guy's great. He, <laughs> he said, "I I and I'm not going to say it 
uh, perfectly, but it was when he was doing some stand up or he was, he was like the opener at some comedy club or something. And, um, he said once he realized that the crowd is going to respond well to him, not giving a shit what they think, because he would come out and say, Hey, howdy, how's it going? All right. All righty then. And just not even like let them respond because he just doesn't even care. He's just up there. Just how's it going? All righty. Himself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like He's it. not even letting, not even letting them respond, you know, but that was an aha moment for him. He's like, <clears> Oh, <throat> I just need to be myself and just, you know, it's not about trying to people please. I don't need to put on a face to, to make people laugh. I'm just a funny person. Mm. So if I'm just be myself, then great. The more of what, and you know, the definition of the self, Mm. we, we truly, most of us don't fully know what lies underneath. Yeah. And it's because of this childhood experience or these, this parental experience or jobs or whatever it may be that, is telling you that you need to be a certain way or act a certain way or totally whatever it may be. Yeah. Those things are holding you back from really becoming who your truest self is. And if you can let go of that opinion, the opinions of others, you're going to see your life blossom. And yeah. yeah. So you named your book, what is, is it? Who I am or who am who I? Who am I? Who, Who am, am I? I? So is that answered in the book? Because it's um, an intriguing so question that, like, I, it's interesting I, to me. So, <laughs> Yeah, so I wrote, when I first came up with that um, title, I had absolutely no intention of actually answering the question. My whole... Okay. The book is the my answer. My whole thing... <laughs> what, what, what I was okay. really trying... What I was really trying to help people understand... Mm. is that we are not defined by our past. Okay. So in my past, you can, you know, I've done things that, or I did something when I was 16 where you can say, hey, Nick is a rapist or, right. hey, Nick is X, Y, and Z. Nick, whatever. Nick he's is a an racist. addict, whatever. He's a, yeah, yeah. Right. He's right. an addict. He's all these, you know, negative terms. These labels. Right. What I was trying to help people understand is that Nothing in my past can define who I am. Gotcha. Now, if we try to hide things in our past, if we try to act like they're not there, mm. if we aren't able to actually reflect and be real and actually have remorse and mm, right. try to deepen that understanding of, hey, how do I grow and learn from that? How do I become a better person from that experience? If we don't do that, the past will continue to define us. That's going to come back and totally in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. But I'm trying to help people see that. All right, if you're able to reflect on it and really own it, have that self reflection and own it. Yeah. yeah. Own, own it. who you are. Own your own your own story. That. And say what because you think about it now. Right. Like, exactly. Like yeah. let's let's get real about it because. Yeah then you're actually doing the work. You're healing right. that stuff. You're growing and you know, you're going to be I a better I think the natural person. programmed response would be hide that forever. Hide that until right. you die. That's what the right. world would tell you to do. Right. <laughs> um, hey, nobody knows that. Don't tell, right? 
exactly. <laughs> Says the world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Jeff, um, on that whole, um, you know, the answering the who am I question, the very last thing written in my book, so here's a little bit of a spoiler, Okay. is a poem that is also titled Who Am I? Okay. And go for it. I'm going to just go for it. Go for it. If I were born David, I would have defeated Goliath. If I were born Judas, I would have betrayed Jesus. If I were born Gandhi, I would have freed India. If I were born Hitler, I would have massacred millions. If I were born you, I'd be listening to this now. So the way I wrote that, Jeff, is that I would be reading this now. Yeah. And my intention, <laughs> my intention on, on writing that is to help bring more compassion, forgiveness, understanding, and less judgment in the world. I really, of course, you know, we don't condone what Hitler did. Of that is not. not my purpose behind right. that. Right. But it's saying that I am acknowledging that there is not something innately better than another person. You know, we are all the same. We're all here just playing our roles on this epic story of earth. I see earth as just yeah. one of infinite epic stories. You know, mm. this is, and I don't see that God is just the creator. I believe that God is also the experiencer. Mm -hmm. So why would yeah. God just want to sit back and watch? Why wouldn't he want to be immersed into it, into right. every single role? Um, and what would be, what's a good, you know, a good story without that? You know, you got to have the ups right. and downs. A good, a good movie has the most heartbreak. It has villain exactly. you can imagine, and that exactly. you, you don't get better than Hitler when it comes to horrible villains. Right. So just right. really trying to keep that poem in your mind. That okay, everybody is just another me we're all just doing our best another I, me yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you and i see the the universe the same right so when, when you see someone struggling well when mm -hmm. i see other people struggling i go i remember when i did that like mm. I, I i was out with my wife and there was this guy uh very passionately talking about, um, oh crap. Of course I blank on his name. <laughs> Joseph Campbell, <laughs> Joseph Campbell. There you go. You okay. So Joseph Campbell, the, I guess he was a college professor, but wrote a lot of books all about mythology and just so good. Right. So I think, mm -hmm. and like, I think his tagline is follow your bliss. So I mm -hmm. think a lot of people go through their Joseph Campbell chapter right? Okay. Hmm. Now I'm into Joseph Campbell. And when you hit Joseph Campbell, you go out and tell the world <laughs> <laughs> about Joseph Campbell. And I, I was at this, I don't know where the hell I was. I was at somewhere with my wife, like at a restaurant or a party or whatever. And I hear myself talking through another person's body about Joseph mm. Campbell. And I'm like, I remember when I was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you're nuts. <laughs> 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 but I get it. Yeah. 
so like we're all like in the infinite world i mean we're all hitler right i mean yeah in, in, it's in, about in, finding that compassion yeah you know can, can you forgive hitler you know no you don't condone the action right mm -hmm. you hate the sin not the sinner i guess that's mm -hmm. right and you know it's a good reminder that okay when somebody when something happens during your day that somebody you know pisses you off does something or you just can't understand like man that person's just a piece of you know whatever right really reminding yourself that okay if i was him i'd be in that we ha we have no idea what that person is going through today exactly they might they might have just lost their spouse the day before right you know they their their child might have just found out that they have cancer you know you have absolutely could be depressed and suicidal right yeah exactly right. i mean right. we, we just don't know right so trying to remind yourself that hey, I don't know what that person's going through. If I was born in their shoes, if I had their brain, their experiences, I'd be right You would be exactly doing exactly they what are. they're doing. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. And yeah. if you try to think any other way, then there's this just innately better than within you that right. I think really needs to be analyzed and reflected on. That, mm. you know, is that helping anyone to think that I am just innately better than other people in the world. How is that going to reflect in my daily life? And how are other people going to respond to that to me? Right. I promise that's not the best way to, to find more love and compassion in your life. The more love and compassion that you have for yourself and the more love and compassion that you have for everyone, the more of that will come back into your own life in many ways. And my life and my book are living proof of that. Um, I have a lot of love and support in my life. Um, I have so many people that care and you know want to support. And this is just the beginning. You know, my story's only been out for a month now, um, so it's still wow. at the early stage. And yeah. I've been trying to share my story before it was even published. And the more open and vulnerable I've been in my life. Mm. the more the world has just opened its arms to me and be like, Hey, you're doing great. You're not alone. Keep shining, you know, keep spreading love, compassion and vulnerability and everything else will work out. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're on the path brother. Yeah. I don't know mm. if I've ever met somebody so like immediately raw and open, <laughs> like, in the moment, you know, just like, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it, it <laughs> I, 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 I've never been to any 12 step programs, but you've got a 12 step vibe, but on the, on the, on the other side, the coming out, the recovery. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, uh, there should be a 12 step program for people that never got addicted because <laughs> it's amazing. Um, anyway, but, I, I've actually been told that uh, something similar to that before. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So have you talked to other folks like in AA or any other 12 step program when they're in it, right? A lot of their filters are just gone, right? Like mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. they have to get, like you were saying, like broken, like completely mm -hmm. broken, you get a little antisocial, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which is kind of okay, right? Because you're going through a healing journey, but it's almost like mm -hmm. you've got to go back and pick and choose 
okay, I gotta filter this a smidge, you know, not always, right? But yeah. like, like you can't just and walk just around do, all the time, <laughs> right? And yeah. it, and it's a process. It's not like totally. it just all happens at once. Not like you're just gonna be, hey, I, I heard this guy Nick talk on a podcast. Now I can just tell everyone everything, and right. I feel great. It's not a you're done. It's a muscle. <laughs> it's a process, it, it, and you have to keep working a, on it. Yeah, yeah. It's like just daily like the, the voice in the head, the voice in the mm-hmm. head, and the ability to be vulnerable is something that takes practice and work. But the more you do it, the more you start seeing results, mm. and the more you're going to start seeing the world open up to you. So make friends with just, the voices in your head. I love yes, this. It's very so very good <laughs> advice. Yes. I call the voice in my head coach and he sounds just like me. That's um, great. I love that. <laughs> he's very funny and he likes beer. <laughs> so as we wrap up, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the vulnerabilitybook.com and how people can sure. get a free chapter. Yeah, so if you go to that website, you'll see that there is a link to click, and you can read the first chapter. Um, And also from that website, you can click, and there's a link to lead you to the Amazon um, page where you can actually purchase the book. Yep, Um, It is on Kindle, and there's a paperback and a hardcover. And hopefully by the time this airs, um, it might be a few weeks after this airs, the Audible will be coming out. If you do enjoy the sound of my voice and – you want to hear me tell you the story, then I'm happy to read you the entire book. <laughs> wow. Um, That's, you know, it, bless you. Because when I think <laughs> about, like, uh, let me just ask, was that like a fun process or was it extremely difficult? Oh, man, not difficult? at all. So, so <laughs> Super reading tedious, loud, right? I, I, right. I, yes. I had recorded myself on my phone reading the book before. This was before it was quite all the way done. But reading it in a studio, reading aloud and reading aloud perfectly right. are two very different things. And right. <laughs> reading aloud perfectly can be, it, it's, it, it wasn't the most fun, but I know but that- But you did uh, it. It was worth it. Yep. You got to- And you, this you book, push it has to be you. It just has to be yep. you. I exactly. Get, you can't pay somebody to be you. You have to do that. Right. It's my personal story. <laughs> it's your book. And, yes. Um, it's your story. Yep. Yeah. So thanks for doing that work. Because thanks, man. That is a, I just imagine. So I knew this author um, and the way he sold his books was giving them away for free as audio podcasts. Mm. And I just listened to him and he's doing character voices and he's doing, you know, <laughs> like everything, right? He's like mm-hmm. the voiceover guy and he's like every character in a book and he's doing mm. characterizations. I'm like, I, even like putting my brain on it, I just kind of shudder <laughs> 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 with just how much work that would be. Mm. And he's not doing it in a studio. He's doing it in a closet in his house by himself. Mm. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so thank you. That was a lot of labor, yeah. labor of I'm, love I'm as they say. Yes. It is a labor of love <laughs> and uh, doing big things, really trying to help bring more healing to the world. You know, we all need it. We need, we we need more vulnerability in the world. We, so I'm going to share one more thing and it, it, I love this. So I got so lucky. So before I had my depression and my suicide attempts, um, I met this, he was a, a college professor and it was like a freshman speech class. 
I think it was like speech 101, right? And it just, he was like a working attorney, but not a trial lawyer. He was more like a mediator kind of thing, was his day job. And I don't know why, but he just like liked me and he invited me to his house and we had lunch. And then I think it was before lunch, he was like, have you ever had energy work? And I'm like, um, I don't know what energy work is, but no. So he did, we did energy work. Basically, I laid down on this massage table. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing sexual happened. Okay, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> but he just basically was, it was kind of like Reiki, if you've ever heard of Reiki, mm. yep, where he's yep. not touching me, but he's just putting his hands like six inches above different parts of my body, right? Mm-hmm. And that lasted maybe 45 minutes or so. And every once in a while, he would go over to the sink and wash his hands with clean water. And, mm. oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened, but it, <laughs> it, uh, most of it was contrived by my ego. But it did mm. wake me up. And I think that was probably the beginning of that journey of into depression and coming out. Mm. But one of, th- one of the things he said was after that, And during lunch, he was like, one of the most profound things I've ever heard in my life (laughs) was there was this guru sitting on a beach and we were in Hawaii at the time. So I can imagine, you know, sitting on a beach and he was like, he heard this voice and he said, um, the voice said, we're not here to judge, know, or compare. Mm. And, uh, and I went, huh, okay, I'm going to put that in my notes, right? And it just sort of sat there and marinated for years and years and years because it didn't make any sense. And then, mm. and then he said, oh, and by the way, everything you do in your life is because of fear. You're a fear-driven mm. being. <laughs> mm. And you can start working on that and I can help, right? <laughs> <laughs> And so anyway, I just felt a little compelled to share that. I don't know why, but anyway. Yeah, I'm glad you did. You know, every decision that we make is based out of fear or love. Correct. The more you can remind yourself of that, right. like when you have a decision or when you, you know, are deciding whether or not to say something or whatever, try to ask yourself, is this out of fear or love? Am I doing this out of fear or love? And yeah. The more you can ask yourself that, it's a it's a good reminder. So. I think just asking the question, you're gonna know the difference immediately. Right, right. It's a feel, you know. Yep. You don't yeah. once you at uh, what. So you have to just remember to ask the question. Hey, coach, mm-hmm. is this fear <laughs> or love? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Nick. I think we could probably talk for another three hours, but you have a lot. Yeah, I agree. So do I. <laughs> So I will let Sounds you go. Great. All right. You- Jeff, I really enjoyed the talk. And um, yeah, you can find my book on Amazon, Who Am I? Vulnerability Equals Power Ability. And Jeff, I appreciate you having me. And um, embrace vulnerability. Embrace really putting yourself out there. You are love and work on that voice in the head, guys. There I love you y'all. Make friends with the voices in your head. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Have a good one, brother. Thanks, Jeff. Aloha. Thanks, Mahalo. Aloha.
Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.